Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Thursday, and this is Ordinary Time. We begin our prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hands are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us kneel and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many, in various ways, by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from 1 Kings chapter 2. Then David slept with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. The time that David reigned over Israel was forty years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and thirty-three years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne as father David, and his kingdom was firmly established. Then Adonijah, son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. She asked, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably. Then he said, May I have a word with you? She said, Go on. He said, You know that the kingdom was mine, and that all Israel expected me to reign. However, the kingdom was turned over and became my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. And now I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me. She said to him, Go on. He said, Please ask King Solomon, he will not refuse you, to give me Abishag the Shumanite as my wife. Bathsheba said, Very well, I will speak to the king on your behalf. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him on behalf of Adonijah. The king rose to meet her and bowed down to her. Then he sat on his throne and had a throne brought for the king's mother, and she sat on his right. Then she said, I have one small request to make of you. Do not refuse me. And the king said to her, Make your request, my mother, for I will not refuse you. She said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to your brother Adonijah as his wife. King Solomon answered his mother, And why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite? For Adonijah. Ask for him the kingdom as well, for he is my elder brother. Ask not only for him, but also for the priest Abiathar and for, for the Joab, the son of Uriah. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, Say, may, So may God do to me and more also, for Adonijah has devised this scheme at the risk of his life. Now, therefore, as the Lord lives, who has established me and placed me on the throne of my father David, and who has made me a house as he promised today, Adonijah shall be put to death. So King Solomon sent Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, and struck him down, and he died. 
the king sent, said to the priest Abiathar, Go to Anatoth to your estate, for you deserve death, but I will not at this time put you to death, because you carried the ark of the Lord God before my father David, and because you shared in all the hardship my father endured. So Solomon banished Abiathar for being priest to the Lord, thus fulfilling the word that he had spoken concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. When the news came to Joab, for Joab had supported Adonijah, though he had not supported Absalom, Joab fled to the tent of the Lord and grasped to the horns of the altar. And when it was told King Solomon, Joab had fled to the tent of the Lord and now is beside the altar, Solomon sent Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, to saying, Go strike him down. So Benaniah came to the tent of the Lord and said to him, The king commands, Come out. But he said, No, I will die here. Then Benaniah brought the king word again, saying, Thus said Joab, and thus he answered me. He, the king replied to him, Do as he has said, strike him down and bury him, and thus take away from me and from my father's house the guilt for the blood that Joab shed without cause. The Lord will bring back his bloody deeds on his own head, because without the knowledge of my father David he attacked and killed with the sword two men more righteous and better than himself, Abner son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, and Amasa son of Jether, commander of the army of Judah. So shall their blood come back on their head, and on the head of Joab, and on the head of his descendants forever. But to David and his descendants, and to this house, and to this throne, there shall be peace from the Lord forevermore. Then Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, uh, went up and struck him down, and killed him, and he was buried at his own house near the wilderness. The king put Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, over the army of army in his place, and the king put the priest Zadok in place of Abiathar. Then the king sent and summoned Shimei, and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and live there, and do not go out from there to any place whatever, for on the day you go out and cross the Wadi Kidron, know for certain that you shall die, your blood shall be on your own head. And Shimei said to the king, The sentence is fair, my lord the king has said, so will your servant do. So Shimei lived in Jerusalem many days. But it happened at the end of three years that two of Shimei's slaves ran away to King Achish, son of Maaka, at Gath. When it was told to Shimei, your slaves are in Gath, Shimei arose and saddled a donkey and went to Achish in Gath to search for his slaves. Shimei went and brought his slaves from Gath. When Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and returned, the king sent and summoned Shimei and said to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and solemnly adjure you, saying, Know for certain that on the day you go out and go any place, whatever, you shall die. And you said to me, The sentence is fair, I accept. Why then have you not kept your oath to the Lord and the commandment with which I charged you? The king also said to Shimei, You know that in your heart all the evil that you did to my father David, so the Lord will bring back on your, uh, bring back your evil on your own head. But the king Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. Then the king commanded Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, and he went out and struck him down, and he died. And when the kingdom was a, so, the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Solomon proves himself every bit as ruthless and strong as his father. That is the way of the world, the way of kings. He consolidates his power quickly. He sends a message to any would-be rivals that he is in charge and he will not tolerate anything less than loyalty. 
What is remarkable about Solomon's purge, however, is how he declares himself innocent with each assassination. Not only innocent, but he invokes a blessing on himself for executing God's justice and eliminating all of his father's enemies and securing the throne for his, for himself and his descendants. So what do you think? Is Solomon justified in his use of violence in executing his brother and following his father's advice in dealing with Joab, Abiathar, and Shimei? In one sense, Solomon is justified because he is the king, and as the legitimate government, he is within his rights to defend his reign from all who look to subvert it. At the same time, Solomon keeps his word and his oath and all the arrangements that he makes with Abiathar and with Shimei. But of course, Solomon must uh, also use his power wisely or face the revolt of his subjects. To put too heavy of a hand, too much of a burden on his subject, to be too fierce, uh, will cause them to turn on him. And that very thing is what will split the kingdom when Solomon's son tries to exert his power against the pleas for relief that come from the confederation of northern tribes. Solomon also rules by God's will and by God's command. The kingdom has given, been given to him by the Lord, as Adonijah says. So when Solomon defends his kingdom, he is defending God's will and God's cause. As we have seen, those who rise up and harm God's anointed will often bring that action back upon themselves as a form of God's judgment. And their demise will also bring a blessing instead of a curse on God's chosen ones. What we must be careful to consider, however, is the special nature of this particular dynasty. It is not transferable to another king or another kingdom, except the Messiah, Jesus. And in Jesus, we see an end to violence as a means of establishing a kingdom. In Jesus, the kingdom comes by love and sacrifice for the sake of the world and for the well-being and benefit of all that he is in power over. And that opens a new way for us to live as God's people in this world. Now that Christ is Lord, such ruthless displays of violence have given way and have been made and done away with by the one who himself has achieved and ascended to the throne by triumphing over those very powers through his faith and trust solely in the Heavenly Father and remaining faithful to God's unloving heart. When God raised Jesus from the dead, when God vindicated him by raising him in the resurrection, Jesus disarmed those violent powers of this world and took them captive to his rule and mercy and love. It is into that kingdom that we have been brought by our baptism, a kingdom that is ruled by the Prince of Peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation, 
by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, and for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we truly thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who are sick, for those who are mourning, for all who care for and tend to the sick, and all who in your mercy bring consolation and comfort to those who grieve. For the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, and for the people, the ministries of St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison. For those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for who else or for what else do we pray this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.